this week on the exclamation mark podcast resident evil 2 is being remade grandia 2 is being remastered diablo 3 is being reseasoned. hearthstone is being re-expansion heroes of the storm is being remapped and re-heroed this week on the Dialogue Tree, we discuss session investment time. It'll take too long to explain it here, but trust me, it's an interesting topic. We're playing soccer with rocket cars, recommending gory and brotastic shooter games, and so much more coming up in 30 seconds on EXM. The only podcast with a new game plus feature. You're now listening to the exclamation mark. Exclamation mark podcast is the only podcast with a new game plus feature. My name is Crofton Steers. I am one of your jovial hosts. Uh, every week we go on a journey through the world of video games. We have some good discussions, you know, a little bit of banter back and forth. We give our opinions. You enjoy them. You write in. We comment. You know how it goes. With me, as always, is my also jovial colleague and friend Bo Schwartz. Bo, how are you? Hello, Crofton Steers. Hello, good uh, exclamation mark podcast listeners. I'm doing great, actually, except for, you know, Windows 10 troubles, but... Oh, Windows 10 troubles. You're, you're, you're already going into our first segment, which we like to call Bo's Windows 10 update. <laughs> as, as you recall... In a previous episode, last time on the exclamation mark, Bo decided to be an early adopter of Windows 10. So he just, you know, it's free for those who have 7 and 8 and 9 or whatever other fake numbers Microsoft comes up with. Um, And uh, he installed Windows 10, boom, on his computer, in his eyes. It's been about three weeks now. Bo, do you want to uh, tell us how's the Windows 10 experience been in general? Uh, it's been, as I've said before, it's like, it's like the same old, same old. I don't use any of the new features. I do like the new start menu, but I have been frustrated because for some reason, whenever, uh, my webcam gets turned on or other people's webcams get turned on in Skype, it causes audio issues and there'll be no video live stream of this week's episode, which is causing me frustration. It's also ruined a bit of a good batter bullshit episode but not so much that we can't put it out but i feel really awful about it so um because it impacts me on a professional level (laughs) professional um i'm kind of angry yeah (laughs) no and i can understand why like honestly there's always glitches with these sorts of things but it is frustrating especially like you know, there's no stream of EXM this week, so apologies to those of you who normally watch the live stream on Monday evenings. We do not have it. We will be putting this up um, through, through iTunes and, and, and Stitcher and all the ways that we, we normally share it. We hope you listen t- uh, to this episode and don't miss an episode. But uh, we laid the blame squarely at the feet of Windows 10, and uh, it it has been a little bit uh, frustrating on, on this, on my end, 
uh, and it is put off. Like I haven't, I've still got Windows Seven, and I definitely uh, have n uh, until uh, Bo sort of my crash test dummy here until he gets everything sorted and then can guide me through any fixes that I'm going to have to do. I am refraining from installing Windows Ten. We'll see. I'd like to get it for free though, so I don't want to push it too long. Yeah, you know what? Uh, knowing you and your computer troubles, because it's always frustrating. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hear about your plights and, and I just immediately want to fix everything, even though it's not that important, but when it happens, it's frustrating for you. Uh, I feel like if you upgrade to Windows 10, you probably have problems. Everything will get And right now, you've had problems with your internet and with wireless adapters or whatever and, and Windows sound. If your system is kind of running fine, don't upgrade until you need to, unless I, you, there's a chance it won't be free. I, I gotta say... When something goes wrong and it persists, even if everything else is super great, it just blows. And I'm really upset about this little thing. But um, I, I yeah. sort of feel like my computer is like Mr. Burns on this episode of The Simpsons where uh, he goes to the doctors and they diagnose that he has every virus imaginable. <laughs> and, and they're all in uh, all sorts of diseases. He has everything. And that he... he all of them are sort of counterbalancing one another so that he is, should be dead, but each virus is sort of balancing so that he is able to survive. So his takeaway is that he's invincible, and the doctor's like, oh, God, no, the slightest breeze could kill you. And then he just walks out rubbing his hands saying, invincible. Well, I feel like my uh, my computer is that. Like right now, if I do anything, I feel like it's screwed. It's like a very delicate balance of problems that i've just gotten to used to working with yeah man that can be what a computer is you know uh, it's like it's like a relationship it's super hot when you buy your computer you're like oh i'm in love it's super amazing <laughs> it's true and then all of a sudden you have all these problems and there's that point where you're either gonna dump each other or you're gonna make it work and when you make it work there are things that aren't perfect about that other person but you've reached a harmony and you're 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 moving forward together with these shared understanding, even though the other person, you know, isn't perfect, and neither are you. So you're at that point. So why go bringing a mistress into this? And and Windows 10 is the mistress here, but she might have a lot of hot new USB ports, Bo. She even has a friend named Cortana. So high, you know, high high speed USB ports. Just, just picture uh, Windows and Cortana looking at you coyly, waving, "Hi, Crofton." Anyways, Whatever. Yeah, it's just like disturbing. putting a new dress on your current girlfriend. It's like, you know, it's not like a new computer. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing Mike wasn't here because this sounds like a feminism conversation. <laughs> the objectification Alrighty. of uh, women. All right, let's let's move on. Uh, moving on, let's move into the news, the sparse news of the week in readme.txt. Way to sell it, man. Well, now, uh, the reason I, I know self sold it a bit is because, like, there's been a lot of big conferences, Gamescon, uh, uh, con we did last week. Uh, this this week, it's been, you know, it's whatever. It's the summer doldrums. It's been kind of slow. A couple of announcements or what have you. I'll, I'll go over a couple that are interesting to me, and then Bo can cover a couple that were intriguing to him. Uh, so Capcom has announced a remake of Resident Evil 2, 
which was one of my personal favorites. Bo, did you ever play Resident Evil 2? Oh my god, yes I did. I had a friend. Did uh, you? I had a, um, the Lynch brothers, Mike Lynch and Nick Lynch. Yeah. Um, so they had a PlayStation, and when I was in my teens, I'd go over to their house all the time to play Resident Evil 2. And oh, one yeah, of the yeah. memories I have when we talk about Resident Evil 2 is that it was like it was like one in the morning, and I had to go home. I knew my parents were going to kill me, but I wanted to stay and play Resident Evil Two. So as I was walking away from the Lynch's house, they had the TV turned on really loud, and they had one of them. They had gotten a Gatling gun, and the whole walk down the road, I could hear the Gatling gun shooting zombies in the entire neighborhood. And to this day, I am mystified why nobody called the police. <laughs> <laughs> so like awesome. i'll always remember resident evil 2 is the awesome game at my friend's house that i didn't have because my parents sucked and would like withhold video games from me it and is stuff. funny though how there's always those games eh, that like you didn't have as a kid but your friends had or you didn't have the system or whatever and like you'd go over and you'd play at your friends and then you might not have even seen the whole thing but you're like man that game's so awesome because the bits you did see were awesome it's the same with rental games you'd rent a game but you'd never have the money to buy it then you'd be like man that game is so good but you never really played it that much um yeah, yeah. And, uh, that was gears of war i'd go over to your house crofton to play the first gears of war when it was the big hype when it came yeah. out and like i got so tired of only being able to play it at your house i finally cracked and bought an xbox 360 so i could play it for myself yeah, but that was like a year later so yeah um, it's just uh like the the resident evil 2 uh experience for me was that i i um i had a nintendo 64 i did not have a playstation one and uh the so i've played a lot of the the great games i missed by not having a, a playstation but i sort of i guess i work i worked for nintendo at that time and, and had a 64 through work and there were precious few games that catered to an older audience uh, but fairly late in the 64's lifespan, they released a version of Resident Evil 2 for the Nintendo 64. Um, it was the only Resident Evil for the 64. They didn't do one or three or whatever. They just did two. Huh. And uh, I played the shit out of it because, like, honestly, there were, they, those types of games were few and far between. And, like, you could play it as Leon. You could play it as Claire. And they had their storyline sort of, like, uh, would overlap, but then when you finish the game, that there there would be all these extra modes that were unlocked. There's one where I was being chased by this guy, this super zombie umbrella guy that went sent down to, and he would follow you through room to room and stuff, and scared the living shit out of me. So I have fond memories of that it game. Was I, the giant guy in the trench coat, right? Yes, that's yeah, the guy. Yeah, it was that game was scary. But that guy in the trench coat, correct me if I'm wrong, Bo, he was only there after you finished the game, right? Like, you don't meet him. I think he was in the story, but it was like, it was at key moments. Like, oh, I feel yeah. like he'd appear at key moments and scare the crap out of you then as well. But he was he was sort of like a boss fight, except you wouldn't kill him. He'd just kind of run away. And I, I maybe there was a mechanic that made him come back at various points. Um, so it wasn't guaranteed to be the same place all the time. But my memory's a little hazy. I haven't played it in a yeah. long time. Yeah. In terms of jump scares, that was like one of my all-time. Like that game was pretty scary at the time when I played it. I remember thinking it was scary. It's probably due for a remake. And this is this is what I find interesting, is that once upon a time Nintendo and Capcom signed a deal for a bunch of Resident Evil games for the GameCube. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, one of the first big releases they, they made was a remake of Resident Evil 1, and it was all done with the hot graphics of the day and all that. I, I, had, I have it, and they took that game earlier this year, and they up it to HD. They did some tweaking, made it HD, because it already looked really good, and they released it as Resident Evil 1 HD. So, so really, they didn't do much work. They took the GameCube game, which had very great graphics for that time, and they just made it HD. Um, but that GameCube remake was extremely, like, lavish. Like, they did probably more work for that remake than they did for the original Resident Evil 1. So, Resident Evil 2 remake, what I find interesting about this is that the game, they can't do that. They never remade Resident Evil 2 before. They can't go and dig up their Resident Evil 2 GameCube version. They just ported Resident Evil 2 straight to the GameCube because the deal wasn't working out for Capcom. So they just started porting games over to the GameCube really quick and dirty to run out the clock. Yeah. So so they can't go back and get their really fancy Resident Evil 2 remake and up-res it for some easy money. They're actually going to have to remake it using today's tech. So I just feel like like that kind of makes me excited it's more close to the final fantasy 7 remake and less uh, like the resident evil 1 remake from earlier this year so i have an issue with these remakes go ahead all right so a lot of games who get remasters and remakes tend to be like forgotten gems like there's a there's a there's a fan base for old bioware games um that you know want to see either new ones come out and there's some fan made ones on Kickstarter that are, you know, a spiritual successor, like game, like Planescape, um, uh, torment, I think. And you know, but the idea is that like, we're not making those games anymore. So there's no new ones and there's no love and there's no remake. Now, resident evil is an active franchise. There's like another movie coming out, I think. Uh, yes. You know, and there's a recent release of it. Like, They've taken the Resident Evil formula and they've improved on it. So I have a hard time saying, like, why would I want to play an intentionally... It's a remastered game, but it's still, like, in that crappy style. Like, it's not like we're not making adventure games or horror games anymore. Like, why wouldn't I just want to play the way games are made now? Because they would have made them that way back then, except, you know, we were progressing it through limitations. So I don't know if I really... I guess you have to be a big fan of Resident Evil to want to see the remake, but I'm not interested in it. You know. See, the, the, uh, that those are good points. I'll tell you what I think as regards to these, and I don't want to get too caught up in this, but with regards to the Japanese games, I think um, is that at, right around the time of like Resident Evil, Final Fantasy VII, uh, Metal Gear Solid One, they were like hot to trot. They had their foot in the adult market more than like when i was a teen these were the games that these were like adult games like they were they were much more developed than what western developers were doing western developers were still doing like stuff like crash bandicoot or like trying to cater to to young younger audiences the people who thought older people were starting to play video games were japanese and so so these games were coming out um, and and we all played them and we love them. People love Resident Evil 2, Final Fantasy 7. Um, they love them. Metal Gear Solid Shenmue 1. Shenmue actually probably counts. In- yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure it would count in there. As and, an adult and, game. And now 
you look at where we're at, and Western development has well surpassed, um, especially when you look at games like The Last of Us, uh, um, Japanese sort of development in terms of maturity and catering to adult audiences and that sort of thing. And so we all have our rose-tinted glasses, and we're looking at games now like Resident Evil 6, Final Fantasy XIII, um, and uh, Metal, even like Metal Gear Solid 4, which I personally dis- strongly disliked. All the all these games, they're they've lost the plot, and they're they're uh, everybody sort of shat on on all of them uh, to varying degrees. And I think that there's this nostalgia for when those series were great, feeling that they can never be great again or that they never will be, like that their moment in time is gone. And the only way that they can be great again is if we remake their defining moments. So Final Fantasy VII, Resident Evil 1 and 2, you know. That's my that's my takeaway, that they're, they're, they realize their time has passed and they're trying to, like, celebrate that that time where they were the most successful. I think that's an interesting theory. That's, you know, you're probably, you're, sounds like you're onto something there that, like, to me, I have no interest in the new Resident Evil ones because they look, they look dumb and I hear from people that they're kind of meh, but yeah. I just, I, there's nothing in there that's been like, man, that's a must play game. Uh, you know, Dead Space right now is where it's at for me. And even that might start suffering from the same problems that, you know, the original the original inspiration for a game like Dead Space uh, is getting lost with subsequent games. Although I still say it's a good franchise, but well, I that, totally get that. Yeah, that news item took way longer than I thought. Okay, so the next, <laughs> <All right. laughs> the, the next one I'm going to roll out real, f- oh, quick, hopefully quickly. It's in the same genre. It's another Japanese game being remastered. This one's called Grandia Two. It's being remastered for Steam. I just saw this today. I just wanted to highlight it because I actually um, – this was another case. I had the Dreamcast. I was like a glutton for punishment. I kept buying consoles that had about 10 games and then died. Um, and uh, the Dreamcast uh, didn't have that many games. Uh, it had some great ones. So I, I pretty much played them all. And Grandia 2 was on Dreamcast. And it was a JRPG. And the story was kind of trite and lots of JRPG tropes and all this. But the battle system, I will argue, today is the best JRPG battle system I think I've ever played. And uh, nobody has sufficiently ripped it off. I hear Child of Light, uh, which is a Ubisoft game, has kind of dipped its toes into it a little bit. But nobody has really ripped it off. Uh, and so I, I feel like Grandia 2 would still be worth playing for that for that reason. Hmm. So I may pick it up when it relaunches. I think the story is really cheeseball JRPG. Like, you can't expect greatness there. But, like, the gameplay of that game, I think, is pretty hot so, to try. So I Google image searched it. And you, sir, no longer get to make fun of me for watching my anime. <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's totally anime. It's, oh, yeah. yeah it's a JRPG. It's, yeah. But, you know, JRPGs can have a range. Some of them, you know. But this is definitely colorful, cute, and oh yeah, full of J. <laughs> yeah, full full of J, full show. All right. Well, um, I, it's great that that's a, there's no Grandia games being made now. So to me, this is like these are the kinds of games I think are cool to remaster because it's you know you're a fan of the franchise and they're like man, people like would probably like to see a, a new version of this game of some kind. Let's let's make one because we're not doing it. As they say in the in the biz, there's an ask. 
<laughs> I ask you, Bo, what what of the news this week drew your eye? Well, as you know, I am a lover of all things Blizzard. Um, so pretty much the only thing I things I paid attention to were the. Del- it sounds so anachronistic to say, but the deluge of news from Blizzard because Blizzard's for a long time been the studio known as yeah we've got this World of Warcraft game that's it you know for a long long period and now that they've got all these franchises it's kind of nuts so anyways here's the storm next week Karazim the monk from Diablo 3 is being released into here's the storm in fact tomorrow or today it should be the same day as release I think Um, I'm super stoked Uh, he punches people and has fists he's the first of his type there there's going to be a new map that is also Diablo themed that I got to play on the public test realm and it's pretty amazing although I haven't played that many games with it um, I definitely like that there's a new mechanic where you know um, you know there's the elite boss packs in Diablo yes yeah so the the over the controlling mechanic on this new map is that you're you have to compete for spots and if you win, you get your own elite packs that have all the like abilities from Diablo characters in them, like the lasers that spin around or the mortars. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so that's coming Just, next week, and the US Heroes nerds are, are super stoked. So last a few episodes ago, you talked about a big Diablo update. So this is not the same. This is a new, a new follow, new more Diablo stuff. Yeah, huh? it's part of the Eternal Conflict event, which is basically brackets three d- heroes being released all diablo heroes and two diablo maps so I, i'm looking forward to like future events that are like starcraft or warcraft related that like for a period of time it's all all the releases will be themed to a certain franchise of theirs i i feel warcraft is already being kind of heavily represented on heroes so i mean it's good to see diablo i definitely agree with starcraft yeah. probably could use more starcraft well there's been some announcements too about on that front we're getting the medevac the, the me, or sorry the med guy the medic unit from starcraft yeah remember i made fun yeah. of you last yeah. time because you're like it's a nothing but they give her a personality yeah and i know there's they're now at the point where they need to start creating heroes look heroes of the storm is going to be around forever and they're gonna blizzard has a lot of characters but at one point they're gonna have to start creating you know uh, heroes are elevating people to the pantheon of heroic yeah so yeah the the medic is definitely gonna have a, a character that's never existed before artanis the protoss is also coming and we're getting a warcraft character after the monk it's rexar and misha where you get to control you play as a hunter so you're the orc he, rexar and his pet misha like so yeah you, you mentioned pet, you yeah. mentioned that that last week it's are they in yet no no that'll be in a couple of weeks i think that'll be okay. like the next release in a few weeks so lots of great stuff coming there um i'll definitely be checking out tomorrow the other big news and we haven't really talked about it on the show because i could probably take up an hour talking about it and i'm very i wanted to decide where a good spot to fit this in is hearthstone has a new expansion coming out any day now sometime in august it's going to release called the grand tournament and the big new features in it are jousting and inspire mechanics where jousting is you reveal a random card from your deck and if you have a higher one you get a bonus effect on your card and that's ins- cool and inspire is um you get triggered abilities when you use your hero power so you know if you uh, it might say something like when you use your hero power also deal one damage randomly to an opposing minion so there's mechanics like that that affect all the cards and it's very uh, it's themed after the Argent Tournament, which was uh, a zone in the Wrath of the Lich King expansion where 
you had this jousting tournament where you trained up to go to defeat the Lich King. And it was very well loved. Um, a lot of lore characters come from there, like the Black Knight and Anubarak and things like that. So a whole expansion themed after that uh, was met with a lot of positive reaction. Um, uh, yeah. Does uh, just a clarification on some of those cards? So are they going to like the inspire mechanic? It'll be or jousting for that matter will be written on a card like in the same way that taunt or something like that is well it, is it, yeah inspire will be but the thing that's kind of controversial is that jousting isn't so it says the whole text on the card <laughs> it's like reveal a card at random from each deck if you have the highest do this so okay I've so it's a heard, special card that triggers jousting it's called jousting but yeah it's it's cards that'll there are cards that'll trigger it when you play it it'll they'll be right on the card there'll be no confusing it and in, in spot, but inspire will be like it's, it's, it's that. Yeah, but so will they go back to old cards and add inspire to them? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, no, no, they're all only contained in the new expansion pack cards, um, which is like you see that like in Magic: The Gathering, you'll have a set, and that key, special keywords will only appear in that set of cards, and right. then never again, or sometimes they'll bring it back if it makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. funny how like the longer that game goes and the more cards and shit they add, like the harder and harder it must get to balance it. I think so. That's There's some talk about at a certain point they might have to retire some cards or rotate them out of like competitive play or something. But yeah, there still isn't that big a pool when you compare Hearthstone, which is only releasing 155 different cards on a, like a once per year basis and add 20 or 30 in for the, the, the adventures compared to say... Magic the Gathering, which releases four or five expansions per year that have 300-ish cards. So, you know, their pool is much, much smaller um, than the other, their, their main competitor. Yeah, so I'm super stoked about the Grand Tournament. I think it might be releasing next not next yeah, next week, maybe. I think we're going to see some events. Um, there's Oh, actually, no, this was just announced on Twitter today. You know the Tavern Brawls? Yes. This week's Tavern Brawl opens on Wednesday, and you'll get a chance to play with the new cards in the Tavern Brawl. Oh, that's a neat idea. Yeah, that was really... I, I'm not a big fan of Tavern Brawls. They're kind of fun, but I just don't play them. Yeah, but it's, it's be like one I a... Play. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's like kind of a, a one-and-done type deal. Yeah, you get your free pack, and I'm kind of out. Um, but I will play to check out the new cards for sure. It's brilliant. Um, so, yeah. Uh, finally, if you're a Diablo 3 fan... Um, and wanted a reason to get back in and play. Patch 2.4 is coming anytime now. Uh, that's Season 4 will start, so you can create new characters. If you get a character to level 70, you'll get an awesome new mount in Heroes of the Storm called Malthiel's Phantom. It looks fantastic. Uh, for free content, it's pretty cool. And um, there's a, there's a, you know there's a Horadric cube in Diablo 2? Well, there's a new cube coming called... Well, jokingly, I refer to it as Kanye's Cube but it's Kunai's cube where you can put items in and make other items come out and give buffs and things like that. So, um, and also when you, when you say season four, what do you mean exactly? So Diablo's done this thing now where, um, you have seasonal characters. So one of the, one of the issues with people stopping Diablo is they get their character to max level. They get all kinds of gear and there's, you know, they just keep grinding and there's nothing left to do, but they've added some Nephilim rifts, which are competitive ways where things get harder and harder and harder. And you try and go to, as long as you can to the highest difficulty level. And they've made seasons just like in Hearthstone where your rank resets, 
where you, you start with nothing. So you have no items, you have no characters, and so for the season you got to start a new character, level them up to 70, get all kinds of gear for it, and compete on leaderboards. Um, I don't think it's super successful for the Diablo franchise, but they're really still pushing it. So um, I in season one, I was the 315th person to kill Malthiel in the hardest difficulty in hardcore. Uh, so that was with permadeath. Um, so it's like you have to compete for stuff like that. So with the ladder reset, you know, season four, maybe I'll try for first. I don't think I'm going to play to compete for leaderboard ranks. I just kind of want Malthiel's Phantom. <laughs> yeah, hey, I could tell from the moment you brought I'm, brought it up. I'm, and it's in heroes. You're like, oh, I need yeah, that thing so I'm, bad. I'm hoping to squat up with some heroes friends to quickly bang that out in an afternoon or something. It shouldn't take too long to get to 70. So, yeah. Dave. All right. Uh, I think that's it for readme.txt this week. If uh, it's it, it was a slow week, but I, I liked it because we were able to talk a little bit more in, in detail about some of these things. So some of them could be dialogue trees in in and of themselves. But uh, Yeah, the Resident Evil thing for sure. Uh, if you hadn't have put a stop on it, I'd have kept going. <laughs> no, I know. It's one of those games that, you know, it means a lot to a lot of people, especially around our age. It was sort of a turning point into sort of adult mature gaming uh from from you know uh, mascot kid friendly gaming that we've been playing in the Super Nintendo era. Yeah, you know, I like the hippie generation have their their hippie music from you know like uh, Grateful Dead and stuff from when they were young. Um, we have you know Resident Evil to remember fondly. I'll always remember Resident Evil as a prominent period of my childhood. <laughs> I, I remember, man, the first Resident Evil opened with like this like live action video it's super cheesy incidentally like the and uh and my buddy had a playstation and i went over to his house and like we were we we weren't really because resident evil was kind of a, a sneak success like he had gotten it he had rented it and we'd rented like mortal Kombat or something and we just thought we were going to play mortal Kombat the whole weekend and we started playing that um instead at resident evil instead and you know hours went by and we we didn't finish it but we got pretty far considering it was a rental anyway so i think a lot of people have memories like that of, of resident evil yeah all right uh so in that were those are games we played in the past but what are games that we're playing right now bo you always talking about making kids minds like vegetables talk about them out in the street smoking pot this is games per minute uh, it gets right. better and better every time I hear it. I I just love those kids because that was me. Okay, uh, I'm I, gonna I'm no. gonna start because uh, uh, I can't believe I've gotten this far without mentioning Rocket League. Okay, it, which uh, which I've been playing all week. I'll leave that. I'm thinking of the music in Rocket League. I'll leave it. I'll leave it for last because I'll I'll bang the other two out real quick here. So. Ori in the Blind Forest. I finished it not long after we recorded our last episode. Um, cool. The ending is the ending is good. It actually ties together some narrative threads that were, you know, in the prologue. That 
I it, there's cop out element to it. Um, there's a cop out element to it. I would never recommend the game for the story. I recommend it for the gameplay, the art style, um, and uh, just the Metroidvania experience and all that. Really, really good game. Uh, I I recommend it to everyone. It was my recommend last week. Still having completed it, it is it is great. Definitely not one that I um. I'm, I'm probably going to go back to anytime soon. Like uh, uh, maybe I'll, I'll pick it up years from now and play through it again. One thing I did find really interesting though, Bo, is that there's this, um, there's an achievement in it. Okay. It records the amount of times you die. One of the mechanics is you can set a save point and it's brutally difficult. So like there's, there's areas where you just die like 15 times before you make it through. You put a save point right before it, then you jump and you die. And then you do, you know you got to do a double jump and then a, a glide and then a whatever. There's a bunch of moves that you have to do to get through a point. So you're dying. Like I think my death count at the end was like 450 wow. deaths. Like it's, you die a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Like it's a trial and error game in many a- areas. Like you get your power and you got to figure figure it out. And that's part of the fun. Like there's strategy in setting your save point. Um, and how much you're going to have to redo in, in the space between save points. But anyway, um, there's an achievement for finishing the game on one life and not dying. Uh, and, uh, oh, my there's, God. There's not only do a bunch of people have it, but a bunch of people are speed – like there's a leaderboard for speed run too. Like So speed running, 100%ing the game, so getting all the bonus extra love, um, stuff and then uh, – and then not dying. And I look at this and I'm like, man, that is – those people have ridiculous skills and a lot of time in their hands because I couldn't imagine – like you died so often in that game to play like 95% of it and then die and be like, well, got to start over. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's that's, just, in, that's insane. I know. It's 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 a total insanity one. But I'm but definitely that's – a, That's a culture in gaming and maybe we can do a dialogue tree about it sometime is the speedrunner. Like – I think people will pl- like load up Super Metroid every day to try and break records. Like like they'll play the game over and over again because the way they're competing is like a race, right? But Super Metroid is like sort of I do agree. But with any that game like that, like I, there was some weird Japanese yeah. Nintendo like Super or regular NES game that they were doing on Twitch the other day. I didn't know what game it was. It was just like. And he's like, all right, now I need to go down here. I need to jump here. I need to go left, left, right, left, right. Like, like they have the progress through the game, the optimal progress through the game memorized. And they're trying to perform it like a piano piece. It's yeah. It's such a cr- weird culture. I'm like, I love gaming, but how could you like this? Like, It seems more like work than anything. Well, and I think that's like, like piano seems like work if you get down to actually learning it, even though it's fun to listen to. Yeah. Um, but it's well, insane because it's like... It's so like the people who are interested in watching it. It's not like everyone likes piano. Even if you don't like piano music, you can listen to piano and kind of like it. But the only people that like speedruns, I don't know, man. Like I don't know yeah. if I like it. You know, it's crazy. I, I agree with you. It, it's definitely worth expounding on it another I respect time. It, I, I guess I just don't understand it. Um, I I'm still playing The Witcher Three, although I took another huge break from it. Yeah. Um, I the, we'll talk about this. 
this in our dialogue tree later, but uh, I did pretty much one quest in The Witcher 3, and it, it's, um, it was a very emotionally impactful quest. It's, it's a good one. A lot of people list it as one of the top quests in the game, but it, it, uh, it is really interesting how the game walks a fine line between role-playing and you controlling things, and and uh, Geralt of Rivia, your character, having a personality in which that you cannot alter. Um, and, and so this quest sort of, the quest I did put that, put sort of like a little ribbon around that where I was, I was frustrated because there's this girl that you, you meet at the beginning of the game and throughout the game, Yennefer, who is sort of like his longtime love. And I've essentially wanted to tell her to take a hike for like 20 hours and have not been able to, and they've kind of revealed sort of why, and then I was able to tell her to take a hike, but it, it was kind of like a heartbreaking type uh, type moment, and they only you only get that opportunity after you've had a lot of other opportunities to meet other ladies and all this sort of stuff. It's hard to explain, but it the the game design for that mission is called Last Wish. If you want to, if if somebody's listening to this and wants to Google it, M- must have been fairly interesting, and it ties in with the the the, the text that the game was based on. I, I the Witcher, I feel like I could do a giant post mortem on sometime, and I'm going to get back into like it. a spoiler show because I'm like this sounds spoilery. I may yeah. actually play this. Yeah, it's. It, I don't want to. I don't want to get too spoilery. Uh, so back to Rocket League because Rocket League was. Bo mentioned it last week. It had been all over the interwebs, and I was like, twenty bucks, you know, whatever. I'll just buy it because I. I I had just finished Ori in the Blind Forest. Uh, the credits had just rolled on Ori, and it booted me out to ski, Steam. And on the main page was Rocket League. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? And I just bought it and then started playing it. And that was a great purchase because Rocket League is a game that I have not – I haven't played a game like this for a while. Like one of these like – and Bo Heroes is like this too and I don't play Heroes. But the idea that it's a five-minute five sort of games, you go in, you have a quick game. And then you can get out or play another game or whatever. Uh, but it is just—it is just so fun. It is just—it—it's the quintessential easy to learn, hard to master type game. Um, if you're on the fence for Rocket League, I would tell you it's really worth it, um, and that you'll—you will have a lot of fun. And, and it's rare you can say that about a video game. Now, sometimes a video game is an experience. Sometimes it's it's like a puzzle or whatever, but Rocket League is is pure fun, man. I I've been having a blast with it, and I've played a lot of it over the past week. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not good, but I'm not horrible. Yeah, you're, this is all part of the hype. It's insane to to see a game make ripples like this, and it's not insane because there are hype machine games that like get popular but you see like ads for it everywhere like heroes it's like every ad on every website is a damn heroes of the storm thing i can't escape it but I like rocket to you Bo. probably yeah, but they have a lot of money and they can promote the thing and that's great it's for true. them but like rocket league is like this phenomenon where it's just like man have you played rocket league no you should play it and then people play it and then they're like it's like a cult like man you should play rocket league it's the like it's just sweeping I think it must be doing way better than they could have expected it to be for what it is, which is like well, what, I'm always I, it's 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 I would not say it's it's it looks good. It's not well polished. Oh, it's polished. It's super polished. Well, it's polished, but there's a feel to it that it doesn't feel like um, 
I don't know. It just doesn't feel like there's a... I don't know. It gives me that impression. It doesn't feel like... The, it oh, feels I find imperfect. it's like everything is super well well done. Like even the, the, the grass is... is uh, Like I feel like they could make it so that that game is not as performance intensive. Not that it's that performance intensive, but... but uh, And I find like all the... I don't know, like all the graphic-y stuff and all the, it looks the controls. Like it's, and, like, I don't yeah. mean polished from a visual standpoint. I just feel like... There's still stuff to work on, like, you know, like getting really? some of the like, leagues, like, you know, you get paired up with AI bots a lot, you know, and I don't think oh, like, like, there, there's stuff like that out, that needs to get ironed out, like from a from a user standpoint, I think. I the way I've I've figured out all that AI bot stuff. See, the thing is, it turns out that I was always playing ranked mode and uh, not not I guess like when you were doing your four versus four, you can't do four versus four ranked. So like I was. I was always in ranked mode, and that's why I asked you, like, why is it that after every game everybody quits all the time? Why can't they just stick around and play another game? You can't do that in ranked. Yeah, that's, not how, that, that's not how ranked works. And I, I was, I was confused on on that element. But, but um, when I do unranked games, often like people will stick around or whatever and play afterwards. But the matchmaking seems pretty good. The only time an AI bot is there is if somebody drops and they throw they throw it in. Generally, except if you're in rank mode, and this is where fuck you to the people that quit. Like I've been in rank games where somebody will like we get scored on within like 15 seconds, and then somebody quits from my team. Um, and <laughs> I, I I don't know if this that affects their rankings or how that works. But then you're like they don't replace it with an AI bot, so you're down to two players versus three for the rest of the game. Uh, and that's happened to me a lot of times where, like, some guy's been like, oh, fuck it, I'm out, and then then, then I'm screwed. And it, it, uh, so, it's a fun challenge, but we always lose. So, you Crofton, know? on behalf of the MOBA community everywhere, we'd like to welcome you to Ranked Mode Toxicity. Oh, is that how <laughs> it works? This is, like, old hat for MOBA players. Leavers, AFKer, like... As soon as someone on your team dies for the first time, they're like, man, you suck. You're horrible. And then they die for a second time. You're like, freaking feeder. I'm AFK. And, um, and the thing about going AFK is you get you get penalized if you just drop the game. So people just okay. stay back at the core and don't do anything and just mouth off to everybody. Like, this but, is... But won't they... Then they'll lose the match and then they'll get penalized that way, right? Yeah, but um, these are the asshats that populate <laughs> online games. Like, they're... they're you you make a mistake in assuming people understand sportsmanship and effort and practice and working together with people. No, they're a victim of other people's ineptitude, even though the people that talk are the worst ones. They're always the worst players. They're always the, they have shitty rank. So it's not a good example to follow, but it's pervasive. One thing Happens I'll say in about Heroes all the time that's hilarious is, um, and this is part of the reason it was so successful, when it launched... In partnership with PlayStation, uh, they made it the PlayStation Plus game of the month. So it is, was essentially free for a bunch of people uh, the day it released um, a, on PlayStation Plus. And uh, it's also because of the nature of the game, and this is another huge plus of it, it it's one that gives really no advantage to playing on a PC or PlayStation. So they have all the players playing against each other. And you need players to populate a game like this. So it's fun, but you can sort of see, like, if they're a Steam player 
or if they're they have their little Steam profile pick and all that sort of stuff, or if they're a PlayStation player, it just says like PSY or something. Anyway, yeah. but what's what's funny is they have this um, they have this like quick chat with the directional pad in which you can say nice shot, good goal, or whatever, and all that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, uh, to your to your teammate, but PC players can still type on the keyboard. So it is kind of funny because like. That you're playing a lot of PlayStation players, and they're trying to troll. So people try to find ways to troll, you know, like because there's no trolling, uh, quick voice emotes or whatever. But the, you can say stuff like, like, like say, say you have a goalie and he just let let a goal in. You can say nice save, and it's clearly sarcastic or whatever. Right. Or, <laughs> or when they score on their if somebody scores on your own net and, and people score on their own net all the time, you can be like nice shot, nice shot, and just spam it over and over. So you see all these PlayStation noobs like just just um, sending all these these voice messages to tr- uh, these these little macros to troll people. But I can type like full sentences and every once in a while I'll just type and they can't do anything about it because they don't have keyboards. And it's really, <laughs> it, it, it's really satisfying uh, to do that sometimes to just type things like, you know, like when, when a guy is clearly trolling people with his macros i can be like you know i can write full sentences asking him why he's being a dick or or more often than not be a bigger dick to him sort of thing so anyway i do enjoy that with playing with the playstation players so it's pretty sweet you do enjoy uh messing with people in video games this, it's a good environment for it. It's ripe for exploitation, Crossing. Well, I, I'm a sportsman in Rocket League, unless people are douches, and then I will up that douche meter, motherfuckers. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Two wrongs don't make a right, Crofton, but uh, I totally get it. When people are trolling me in Heroes, I just pretend to be the character I'm playing, um, and so I don't <laughs> respond to them. So we had a Lily, which is uh, Chen's niece. Uh, she's a little panda girl. You know, be like, you effing idiots, you learn how to effing play. And I'm like, patience, young one. Uh, and then when we won the game, there's a trailer for Mr. Pandaria, and Chen's all like, this is why we fight. So I was typing his monologue from from the trailer into the thing. <laughs> that's a, awesome. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good way to, to kind of get a rise out of the people. Situation. Yeah, to be funny a, get, and to also yeah get a rise out of others. So, have you been playing much Heroes, young Padawan? Oh my god, yes. Um, so, we had the Heroes of the Pants playoffs this weekend. Our team got knocked out on the top group of eight. Um, really? Team, you got knocked out? We got knocked out by Team Stormcast, the uh, bunch of dudes from the Stormcast podcast who do a weekly podcast about Heroes of the Storm. So, we didn't feel too bad about losing to the guys who do a podcast about it every week and nerd out but, pretty hard. But still, uh, still, I sort of kind of thought that you guys were going to win it all. Hell no. There are some awesome teams. So, as a result, um, I got to actually cast one of the semifinals, semifinals with Kyle Ferguson from A-Move TV. And the VODs should be up on YouTube. I don't have a link to the channel, but, it, you know, it's it's on there. And um, it was a lot of fun. So I got to cast some of the games, and, and we were watching them. So both semifinal matches were live-streamed. And these teams, like, because it's a casual tournament, the skill range is wide. We've got people that are new to the game, to these crazy teams that are really well-coordinated, that look like they've been practicing, like, a lot in preparation for the tournament like they're clearly really good and um they had their shit together way more than we did because we sort of show up and we're like all right we're gonna win this yep like we don't practice you know we're the ones eating coke and chips as training food i <laughs> not doing our practices or whatever 
Um, so the finals are next weekend, and uh, we're hoping to make a sort of a big deal about it. We're going to have like a 30-minute pre-show, and then it's a best of five. Uh, but yeah, we got knocked out, so that sucks. Um, what do you mean pre-show? Like, uh, so Garrett and Kyle from Into the Nexus and Scott Johnson, and I might be in on the cast as well. We're still ironing out details. Um, are just going to do a pre-show. You pre should show. push to get in. Be like, I should be in on this. I'm yeah. the organizer, motherfuckers. Man, I am cursing a lot today. You are, but it's all good. Um, I, I, th I think there's a good chance I will. I just don't want to talk out of turn because nothing we haven't ironed out details yet you guys should put Bo in you bastards um <laughs> yeah and um so you know we're gonna talk a little bit about like the teams like try and you know do it like a professional cast where it's like oh we've got adults with jobs versus spastic noobs and this is their team captain you know whoever and you know he likes his favorite food is um, anchovies or something. So, And he likes long walks on the beach. He's eligible, ladies. Yeah. So we're going to do like a little pre-show where we, we big up the teams a bit and build a bit of hype. And then, you know, Kyle and Garrett are going to cast the finals games. And, um, yeah, so uh, as a result of all this Heroes activity, I find I've just been playing Heroes. Uh, I talked last week, I think, I ranked, I told everyone I ranked up to rank 13. Yeah. Now there's a, I, I discovered immediately after, there's a ladder reset tomorrow because there's a new laddering system. So all that work to rank up to 13, gone. It's, you did mention over. about the laddering system coming last week. Like you said, that like because I asked you if there was anything above rank one and you said it was coming, uh, but I, I didn't I know. I didn't it. realize it was so, it was imminent. And that it came with a reset. Yeah, because there's a placement match system, and they yeah. want to try it out, so they're just resetting. So what rank are you now? I'm 13 out of 50, so one being the best, and I'll be everyone's going to be ranked 50 next week. And But the placement matches might place me. I think the placement matches should place me like higher than rank 50 or whatever. Like I, I'll probably be somewhere in the middle, I think. Place them high, you bastards. Yeah, and um, but anyway, so I've I've stopped playing ranked mode, and I've just been trying out other heroes in uh, in quick match mode, which is way worse than ranked. People try actually try. You get le less levers and AFKers and unskilled people in Hero League, so it's actually been a better selection for me. Um, so, but I've been playing quick match. I've actually been playing a lot of Chen. He's he's pretty cool, even though he's a terrible hero right now. They need to buff him, but the panda. Yeah, he's a, he's a panda. So, all right, we're, we're going to move on. I'm just going to talk about Chen a little bit because his abilities are awesome. What he does, he's a tank. He has a high health pool. And what he does uh, is he drinks alcohol. So he'll just stand there and drink his alcohol, and he builds a shield. So people will be shooting me, and I won't be taking any damage because I'm drinking alcohol. <laughs> but you can't do anything guy. else? I, I don't get it. No, like while I'm drinking, I can't do anything else. But it powers up my, like I have like a, 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 a drink meter. Like, so when I drink alcohol, I get, like, mana. It's not mana. It's, like, drinking points or something. And then I can use my other abilities to, like, you know, do kicks and, and breathe fire and stuff. But it expends quickly. So I got to constantly be drinking. So I'll do a flying kick. I'll do a keg smash and blow alcohol on it to make fire. And then I'm back to drinking again. It's super funny. Like, it's, it's, it's so trolly. Because you just sit there and drink alcohol the whole game. It's I feel like if you could be any one of these characters in real life, this one would be best suited. Yeah, he's furry like you and drinks a lot. Yeah, I actually don't drink a lot, but that's I'd true. like to think that in another life I would maybe. So, all right, but uh, yeah, that's heroes. I played heroes. I really touched nothing else in terms of games. 
Yeah, that's not true. You played Rocket League with me. Oh, I did play some Rocket. Actually, I played Rocket League with you, which was awesome. And I played Rocket League on the Nvidia stream too. And we actually had our, uh, an N bomb get dropped when the other team lost the game. You know, the F U N words. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like on the live stream, We're like man, that's not, like it's ranked mode. It's like people lose their minds like as soon as a game has a ranked mode. You know, if it's casual mode, it's whatever. And as soon as it's ranked and they lose, they're, like, verbally abusive. Can I play you guys on the Infinity stream? Uh, maybe? I, yes! I think, I think the ranked mode is random people's. I can't make okay. any promises, but... Um, I'll just be on your team. That's cool. Okay, next, uh, next segment. <laughs> if, you, if you play Heroes, maybe I can get you in to play some Heroes with us. Heroes, yeah, Rocket League—that's where it's at. But they're five-man teams. Um, oh, I, I see more eligibility. Yeah. Hello there, Bo here. Uh, just a quick little ad break to let you guys know about another great podcast that. Uh, is a part of our podcast family called Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Three guys, Bo, Michael, and Crofton, select a topic at random using the random topic generator and debate whether it's good, bad, or bullshit. If you like this, I know you'll like Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher or visit our site goodbadbull.com for more information. And now, without further ado, I'm going to return you to our regular programming of the Exclamation Mark Podcast. Uh, speaking of eligibility, uh, we have a topic eligible for discussion in our weekly segment that we like to call the dialogue tree. Now that there's one fine dialogue tree. And what's this week's dialogue tree about, Crofton? Spent about ten minutes before the show trying to explain or or put a, a label on what this one is. Uh, we calling it session investment time, which sounds like a banking term. Um, but essentially, what 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 we want to discuss is um, getting into a video game. And now I, I mentioned three games I'm playing: Rocket League, uh, The Witcher, Ori in the Blind Forest. So. When I sit down to play those games, it takes from from the time that I'm enjoying myself 100 percent uh, from the time I sit down. It's it's a different amount of time. Like if I sit down to play The Witcher, I got to open the quest log, check the map, then I start walking around. It takes a while for the sights and sounds of Novigrad or Skellige or whatever to to uh, <laughs> to get to get me you know invested into the game. It's like reading a book or something. It takes yeah. a while to get into it. Um, whereas a game like Rocket League, I sit down, boom, it's it's like five-minute games. You're in it. Let's go. Uh, and there's not much you need to know other than the ball's in the middle and you got to hit it. And then in the middle, you got Ori in the Blind Forest, which is like a Metroidvania game. So you got to check the map, see, okay, where am I going? What's my objective? But really, it's compared to The Witcher, it doesn't take that long to get into. So my question, I guess, looking at the looking at the different amount of time it takes to get into a game, is is do is do you prefer quick quick hits, long investments, 
or do you uh, a mix of both, or do you think one is better than the other? One has more value, you know. That what are your favorite games? Are they more uh, quick hits? More like I, I use the example of the Skyrim's as the versus the Counter Strikes. So the uh, one one are, are are big immersive and involving, but take a lot of time to get into. Others are like few minutes, a few intense minutes, and then you're out. So. Um, in answering this question, like my gut wants to say, I like the long, let's uh, sit down for the next 24 hours and just play, play, play until I can't breathe, um, you know, or I have to eat or something like I like, like a good example might be like the Mass Effect games. Like you can just play that game for like an eight to 10 hour stretch. Like I can, like I can just get lost in it. I love those long session games. Um, so as a matter of pre- preference, I like that feeling of having a big, giant, long game to play. And I think the most recent one that I invested time in was that I revisited Final Fantasy XIII, um, which maybe not... It's an immersive game in terms of having a beautiful world and, and a big story, even though you spend a lot of your time just doing combat. Um, yeah, that answers the question, though. Long, long games. Those... Yeah, and one thing I find is kind of funny about that, and I realized this week, is that it's kind of like... You think that those games may be the most time-consuming, but in the end, that they they're often not as much as you think. Because first off, those games ha- generally have conclusions, other than games like World of Warcraft and stuff. Because like a world, an MMO is a good example of one that you you come in, you got to be like, okay, what have I got in my inventory? I got to sell this. I got to do this. What what quests I got going? You know. It's much more it's lengthier involvement. I'm not going to just play an MMO if I've got 20 minutes, half an hour or whatever. Yeah. How, however, like I've been playing Rocket League this past week. And honestly, it's one of these games where it's like just one more game, just one more game. So it's like five minutes, but I play them back to back to back. And, and so in the end... I may have spent more time playing Rocket League in the week than I would have playing The Witcher 3 um, just because of that that sort of like, you know, I'll just play one more. It's only five minutes. Oh, I'll just play one more. You know, like, yeah. uh, so it's almost saying that one is taking up more time and like you could, because you gave that example of Mass Effect. I was like, I could probably play Rocket League almost that long, you know, like be, just be like, oh, I'll just keep playing it. You get caught in this feedback loop almost. Well, that definitely does have, like, Heroes is a game like that, where it even sells itself on the idea that, um, hey, just, you know, games are like 20 minutes, so it's not a big game time investment. But, you know, there have been times when I'm like, oh, I just want to get one game in, and it turns into three more often than not. Um, so, but, you know, I've had put, put, put in long sessions with in Heroes too, And I don't know, I, I think... I think there's there's something to this short term game like the games have a finite amount so you can veer off the exit path at any given time where I find sometimes I have a hard time pulling away from a game like Skyrim where you know oh I should really quit now but I want to see what happens next let me just get to the next leg and then have that same conversation at the next leg of whatever I'm doing you know. 
Um, it's true. And honestly, like those are the ones I find hardest to quit because they're entirely based on there's sort of abstract quest endings in the game like Skyrim where you can be like, OK, I, I'm going to leave after this. You have to set sort of the terms in which you want to exit this created virtual world in which you're in. And for me, The Witcher 3 is, has, has been that. So I've been playing I've been playing tons and tons of The Witcher 3. And then I got out of it for a while. We were traveling. We went on vacation, came back. And I had to really think about it because um, I knew that when I sat down, it had been so long since I'd last played it that the barrier to get in was going to be even longer. So if I had an hour and a half to play The Witcher 3, there's a good chance it would take 45 minutes at least before I'm really sort of like, okay, I'm into this now. And then I have 45 minutes of real enjoyment time afterwards. And is that worth it for a big game like The Witcher 3 when I could just, you know, sit down and play an hour and a half of Rocket League or even Ori in the Blind Forest, which which was sort of in the middle of these two sort of extremes. I can, and, and in the end, Ori rose above everything because it was like, well, I could sit down and catch up on The Witcher. I really want to see it through and all this. And I, I, I'm really enjoying it and I really want to play it. But I don't feel like, you know, figuring out where I'm at and and. By the time I get into it, you know, I, so I'm just going to play Ori. And then I just kept kept doing that until I, I ended up finishing Ori. And then I jumped immediately into Rocket League instead of playing The Witcher uh, again. So and it's not because I don't want to play The Witcher. I'm still really enjoying. I, I've talked about how great it is. It's just now there's like this barrier to entry. There always it was always there, but it's just it, it's becoming as my life gets more and more crowded um, it, it becomes like now I need like two hours. If I don't have two hours, there's no point in booting up The Witcher. You know, like that's and I feel like that starts limiting who who can play your game when you're in these situations where it you need two hours to play a game at least. I mean, there's there's people I could see my life getting more crowded where I'm never going to have those two hour blocks. So I just won't ever play a game like The Witcher, and that kind of breaks my heart. Yeah, I think I think you like you're saying some stuff that resonates with me there cuz like one thing I I absolutely hate doing in life in is like watching a movie and then pausing it and like finishing it another day. Like that is the worst because when you're going to resume that movie, it's going to be like who's that guy again and what did he say? Like none of that relevant information is fresh in mind. And I think games are very much narrative based. So, you know, like a Skyrim right now is a game I should get back to. But I'm worried I'll get back into it and feel so disconnected with a lot of what's happened because it's been a while and I don't remember everything. And I like knowing everything that's going on and being connected to the content in that way. So at that point, wouldn't you just start over? Well, it's a giant slog. Like, okay, do you want to spend another 100 hours doing stuff in that game too? Like, I don't want to... Like, I finished the main campaign, but there's a lot of stuff in the world that I just feel like I'm so detached from now. And, and it's like, it's kind of silly because once I get into the game, I probably enjoy it. But when I think about playing it, I'm like, oh, I would like to play it. But then when I think about really playing it, like really making that decision, I never do it because I'm like, oh, there's other stuff to play. And I don't know. I don't remember a lot. Like I'll have a quest in my quest log and I'll be like, who did I get this quest from? Like, yeah, what am I doing? Like, and I'm just like, so I'm like. I guess can you abandon the quest but then I gotta find it it's not like they're marked on the map all the time so I don't want to abandon it but I'd like to get the initial story again there's a lot of stuff like that in very immersive games that if you don't keep striking while the iron's hot 
it cools off and you just don't get around to playing it, I think. Yeah, that's it. As soon as you detach yourself from the those games, it's hard for them to get you. It's hard for them to get you back. And I see these people that are playing like a, a zillion games have, especially game reviewers or people that have a, a lot of iron in the fire at once. Uh, I mentioned a, a while ago, IGN did a roundtable on their game of the year and not enough people, in my opinion, mentioned The Witcher 3. And it became clear to me that many of them just dropped it fairly early on because they did not have the time to play it. I can totally understand. I can totally understand that. Um, it's just it kind of it kind of saddens me. Uh, I like that there are these different types of games, like different types of time investments, and I feel like I'm going to try and organize my life a little better so that so that I have at least one of each going on at any given time. That I know, hey, I have, and I have half an hour. I'll play some Rocket League. I have, you know, an hour. I'll play some Cave Story or whatever. I have an hour and a half plus. I'll play The Witcher Three. You know, uh, I and I think that that it would be to my benefit to to balance to balance it like that because I appreciate all the types of of the games. It's just that I can see how um, I shortchange myself. Uh, on those long epic journeys by just thinking about the barrier of entry. And the example I was going to give, Bo, is sort of like the movie versus TV show uh, example. So if you like, um, if if you're sitting around in the age of Netflix and you're like, well, should I watch a movie? I thought I was going to watch a ton of movies with Netflix, but in the end, I don't often because a movie is an investment in which, unless it's a sequel, You've got it. First off, it's a time investment. Second off, it's like you got to learn certain characters. You got to, unless it's a sequel, you don't know anybody. So it takes a while before you actually get into a movie. Uh, whereas a TV show is an episodic TV show. You'd be like, you know, all the characters from the previous episode. They've all been set up. Um, they're generally shorter than movies, like uh, so twenty minutes, maybe forty minutes, or whatever. But again, like like the example of Rocket League earlier, you could be like, oh, that episode was so good, I'm going to watch another, I'm going to watch another, I'm going to watch another, and then instead of watching a two-hour movie, you watch four hours of whatever a TV show, right? So uh, I could see how. But at least you have those out options, those options that you know the credits roll and you can leave. TV's or he's also come back. generally, for the most part, and there are exceptions to this rule, of course, easier to follow. Like it's easier to passively watch a television show. Yeah. At least for me, I find I'm like if I'm picking a movie, I'm like I'm invested. I don't want to be tired if I'm excited to watch this movie. And the same is true with the game. Like so, you come home from a day of work, you you make supper, you take care of the kid. You're exhausted. You you have maybe three hours before you're going to go to bed. But do you want to spend them? So, one, if it's a huge investment game, there's going to be that question after the three-hour mark where you push your bedtime. Because <laughs> that happens. Yeah. And, um, and then there's, you know, you're also experiencing the content, you know, half asleep. So you want to enjoy the game better and you're not in a state to do so that also impacts your ability to play games like the witcher versus well rocket league i mean you can even just play it sleeping and you know it just doesn't matter like it's of no consequence you're not missing anything if you fall asleep in the middle of playing rocket league your teammates might not be happy but who cares about those yeah. guys? 
<laughs> we already we already uh, clarified that they're all dickheads anyway. So, um, but uh, no, you're right. I, I think I think you're right, and I think it, it's it's like a it's a battle that you're always going to have to do in your life between these different types of games and 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 when you and everybody now with the $60 price tag getting bumped up to $70 and what people are expecting like Metal Gear Solid 5 is coming out soon um and it's it's a huge game uh, B- B- uh, Batman Arkham uh Knight came out and it was considered like a very big game and The Witcher came out and now now people are looking for these the the, the most anticipated games tend to be these giant De- meals that you can devour and like but those games take a really long time to get into so i think that that's leaving a lot of room for these 20 dollar rocket league type experiences to come in and sort of sate sate you in the meantime so and there, I, there I, are, yeah. and there's a lot of great stuff in that niche i mean rocket league is the game of the week but like yeah. F- ftl to me fits this mark you know Oh yeah, um, indie games often indie games, do fit, yeah. them, fit those marks, right? Like FTLs, all the roguelikes are kind of in that because it's like you you're doing a run in a roguelike, you know. Yeah. So if you it, die, you're just over, and you're like, well, either I have time to start again or I don't, but I got to play some games. Rogue Rogue Legacy for me, that was like the one of the pre Rocket League, and Ollie Ollie um, is is a game I'm playing on PS4 that is often like that too. It's like I, you just do a run, you do a run. It takes, it's even faster than Rocket League. A run is like literally, you know, twenty seconds, and so it's like oh, 20 seconds, redo, 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 you know. So it can be, there's there's micro uh, gaming experiences to be had, and it's just like we should be celebrating the fact that there's really so many. But I, I find it's just like it's making me feel bad a little bit about not playing the witcher when um uh there's these easier to digest it feels like i'm taking the easy way out but really um i I know i'll get around to playing all of them eventually so and i want to talk i want to mention briefly the extreme opposite on the investment time which at least for me and i think this for a lot of people are simulator games um so and for me that's strictly banished uh, XCOM is another good example, and Civ Five. Although Civ, I mean, they're that's those are kind of turn-based thingamajiggers. They're yeah. they're not. I guess simulator is not quite the right word, but like I think of SimCity is another good example. Um, where these games that never have an end, and they don't yeah. have quests, and they're not necessarily they're immersive, but not in that. Oh, it's like I'm there kind of way. It's just more that. I'm in bed. Like banished is literally a game where I'll be like, man, I just want to log in and play some banished. And but how long? How one much? to two hours will turn into like an eighteen hours or something. Like, I just I have a like I'm just oh man, I just want to keep that's managing my city. That's addictiveness. How long does it take to get into the game? Like how much? Like when you're sitting down thinking like, oh, well, I want to play banished. Usually, I just play like what I feel like. Like I, it's usually planned out before I sit down to decide on a game. Where I'm just like, man, I feel like this game, so then I'm gonna play it. Um, and you know, my situation right now, I don't have as much constraints on my time, so it hasn't that dynamic hasn't come up as much for me. But like, I guess, how long does it take you be- of playing from the time you start playing a game like Banished to the time you're like, or Civilization, or any of those games before you're like, okay before the addiction sets in or like you're like oh i want to keep i mean it's this usually game. around bedtime time it, it's i'm usually in like if i'm going to play it you know i'm just I, I know that i have time to play it and i'm i'm into it from the jump usually the conversations start coming i think in in with those games around 
oh, it's bedtime. Like I should go to bed. <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. Because what I mean, what I mean is here, I'm talking about the time it takes to get into the game, yeah. right? Well, like, okay, so and so, like, if I only had an hour to play one of those games, I would avoid those games. Okay, like I would just but be I... like, oh man, I really want to play Civ, but I know I'm going to play for way longer than I'm supposed to, so I shouldn't touch it. But how long would it take? to that's getting out but how long does it take to get into those games because like the witcher 3 my big issue or with games like that is that it takes me a long time to get yeah i, know, I see what you're saying but it takes me like 45 minutes plus before i'm even at mat like i'm even like enjoying myself to full capacity now i'm into the game like uh ori takes me maybe five to ten minutes rocket league's instant you know i feel like those, um, I, to answer your question i feel like those games are all quick like it's usually a save game i have you're in yeah it's like first turn and then it's one more turn one more turn one more turn too much time has elapsed in a save game on like XCOM or civ i may just want to restart because i don't remember all the dynamics of what was going on yeah but yeah no the get into time is is pretty quick like that's fast so i guess maybe it's more the getting out but i think part of the conversation is like planning like saying like i have x amount of time for a session so what do i have time for so you know which is the conversation about the witcher where it's like oh, i've got six hours to play the witcher you know you're going to have enough time to kind of to warm up to it right your warm-up time you have ample warm-up time um but if if it's a game that like you don't have enough time for there are tons of games you should avoid <laughs> so i just want to give those games a mention because they impact my life in a time way in that sense. yeah no, i know i i hear what you're saying yeah. speaking of impacting our lives in a time way we should move on because i think we're running long again but that's all right whatever who cares um so we'll move on to the last section before the grand finale, which is uh, inventory management. Inventory management is a challenging and inexact science. Welcome to Inventory Management, where we answer the questions, spend your cash or vendor trash. So what answer to that question did you come up with this week, Crofton? I spent your cash. You spent your cash. That's did you, right. Did you, in fact, spend your cash? Well, I recently, already owned everything. Or... And this is a recommendation for other people to spend their cash. Gotcha. You know? Uh, no, no, I know. But I, my question was, did you spend it recently or is this... Not old cash? Yeah, it's old cash or new cash. This is old cash and cool. uh, older cash. The, what it is is, um, and the reason I brought this up, I'm, I'm making this my recommendation, is there's been a lot of sort of features. I even watched the, a trailer for uh, Gears of War Ultimate Edition. Okay. And it, uh, it's sort of like a remake of Gears of War. Uh, it's a remake of Gears of War 1, which it's funny because like, it feels like that just came out the other day and I was like, man, these graphics are crazy. And I was really into Gears of War, but I guess it's been 10 years. And I guess like there's people that really haven't even experienced much of Gears of War. Uh, somebody who'd be turning, say, 18 today would have been eight when Gears of War came out, you know, like. That's a good uh, point, actually. So so it's it's kind of it's kind of funny uh but i loved gears 
where it was one of the defining um, trilogies of last generation for me. And they're only because they have to literally redo everything. And supposedly the job they're doing is is very complete and uh, looks quite impressive. Um, they're not doing two and three. They probably will if it sells really well on Xbox One, the remake of the first one. Uh, but my recommendation is for the Gears of War trilogy on Xbox 360. Um, in particular, uh, I'd say two and three hold up better. They're um, they tend to be uh, they there's a couple of new gameplay features are a little more expansive and they introduce horde mode, which is one of the great co-op modes of all the times. So my recommendation for the week is Gears of War a trilogy. Any of the Gears of Wars on Xbox 360, they got backwards compatibility on your Xbox Ones. You got um, some of them are on PC, I think, maybe the first one, I don't know. You can play it in a lot of places. You should play yourself some Gears of War if you never have. Yeah, I definitely liked the way Gears of War handled a lot of things. They did a lot of things right. Um, and not just the shooting mechanics, which were also really cool like it's it's a really fun game but i liked how you sort of worked your way through the world um and i don't think there were very few load screens it might have just been when you died it loaded um so the great thing about the gears of war games is it felt like you were traveling through the world doing your thing and not necessarily you know journeying to a new chapter with a cutscene or whatever like you'd just you'd mainly just be progressing your whole way through this you know, shitty day of war. <laughs> and and there's a lot that's be made about like the 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 steroid infused bro dudes that make up the Gears of War. And last week we talked about gravel the gravel throat McHotness uh syndrome that's plaguing leading men in video games. And Marcus Phoenix is one of the original gravel throats, although I wouldn't go so I would far argue as argue he's not attractive though. No, I, I, uh, it, like, I know. I just feel like all of that, all of that, like bro, um, huge dudes. Uh, like I, I feel like that's all part of almost like the art style and cinematic direction of that game. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to give that series a pass for it because it embraces it so wholeheartedly. And then Epic themselves kind of spoofed it with Bulletstorm, uh, but. I really do feel like Gears gets a pass for that. that the stuff that I would criticize other games for having now, Gears, it's okay with Gears, you know? Like, yeah, it, it just sort I, of revels in the humor of it all. Like, it doesn't take itself too seriously on that front, you know? It it's, take, like, it's weird because it does a weird balance where it takes itself quite seriously, but then not seriously. Like, you have a chainsaw on your gun. Like, how seriously can it be? But at the same time... The whole environment is like destroyed beauty and stuff. Anyway, I yeah, I no, it, it, totally it, get it's it. weird. It wa- it wants both, but it succeeds in both. Any, it, it's totally worth it. Gears is awesome, and I think because the core gameplay is really fun. Like, oh yeah, cover like, shooting, the active yeah. reload to get the extra damage on your guns. I played on harder difficulties. Like I rarely do that with games. Playing it with a buddy co-op campaign. I've still not played Gears 3 four-player campaign. I wanted a four-player campaign in Gears 1 so bad because the whole time you're pretty much with four guys, but you could only it was only Dom and, and uh, Marcus Phoenix. But then the third game introduced four-player campaign, but I never, like, at that time my life was too full. I couldn't get four people around it. The enemy mechanic the enemy variety and the enemy mechanics were also really good. It wasn't just dudes. Like, there were a lot of monsters who have different ways you have to kill them. 
Yeah. A lot of cool it's, guns. You know, there's... people love Halo. They love Halo so much. And I like, you know, like I played me some Halo and all that, but I thought Gears of War was way better in almost every single way. And I was just like, why is it not like it is popular? It's like it's the second tier Microsoft franchise after Halo. But like it feels like Halo is still their by far their number one. And I just wish that Gears got like i you know maybe it's capped out maybe they need more things I, now or I whatever think we're looking but... at two divides in the third person first person type shooter games yeah. where like halo has that this degree of freedom of movement that's i don't want the word is not arcadey but it's definitely way more mobile right where, like games like gears is like you're a big guy you sort of move slow when you run you can only kind of run straight or veer to the left and right you can't really like you can't really bounce around the screen like you have like booster jets on your boots or something. So yeah, fair I feel enough. like so I feel like I'm a fan of the Gears type, type shooter, and I'm not a fan of the say Tribes type gameplay as much. You know, um, yeah. Anyways, Gears of War is a great recommendation uh, for the segment. And I, if you haven't played Gears of War and you like shooters, get a friend and play it. Yeah, sweet. After Gears, also, I, I kept looking up co-op shooters, and there really wasn't as many that did it as well as Gears. So it's really a good, if you're looking for a game to sit down with your friend to play over a weekend or something like that. I think it's probably Gears. still the shining beacon for co-op shooter games. To yeah. Me. Like, yeah. Um, not since, like, Perfect Dark. <laughs> if it was a game been so good as a co-op shooter. Um, so my recommendation is, is along the same lines as yours. It's Warhammer 40K Space Marine. And um, so we didn't talk before the show and coordinate our picks, but Warhammer <laughs> 40K is basically so. There's been tons. Warhammer 40K is a, is a war game with miniatures originally, but there, and if you play games, you know Warhammer has all kinds of weird games out there. They have a a football game called Blood Bowl. They've got a chess game coming out called Regicide. They've got top-down strategy games called uh, the Dawn of War franchise, which I hear really good, and I'd, I'd act, I own them, but I haven't played them and would like to try them sometime. Um, but the one I did play was their Gears of War clone, which was Space Marine. And instead of, you know, these gear, their Gears of War guys, like Marcus Phoenix, you play... Um, one of the space marines, like uh, an Imperius or something. I forget all the lingo in that game. But basically in the Warhammer universe, you're these um, zealot religious space marines and you go around killing other alien races like orcs and God knows what else. And it's super fun. It doesn't really have a good cover mechanic. So the big one of the big gameplay innovations in Gears was that you needed cover because you're a dude. But you're a freaking space marine. You don't need cover. Um, and what you have in that game is instead of a chainsaw gun, you just got a chainsword. Crofton, did you play this game? No, but I, I got it on sale one time based on your recommendation. And it's one of those ones that is sad in my inventory. Is sort of like there's always been something else and then I sometimes forget I have it. It but. is so good. So it leans more on the arcade side of things. Where I find Gears of War is very like a methodical game where it's like get cover and active reload. This is like, no, 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 no. You've got, you, you're a super powered thing. So the shooter mechanics the same. It's over the shoulder. You aim. You got guns that blow up people's heads and there's all kinds of blood. The orcs very much behave like the locust would in the games the big difference is you have these melee weapons and the melee weapons like the chainsaw just cuts people in half and you'll get these flourishes where you'll stick your chainsaw on some like the top of an orc skull and you'll just split them in two 
in huge bloody gory detail. And then what can happen is you have a rage meter, and when your rage meter gets full, you can unleash freaking melee terror. And so then you'll just go around and swing your hammers and swords, and there will be blood everywhere. It's over-the-top ridiculous, but it's in line with the Warhammer uh, theme. Crofton, I think you should give Space Marine a go sometime. I think you'll be giggling like a little girl at all the blood and guts and violence in this game. Well, I would note that I have taken a lot of your recommendations lately. I started playing Rocket League right after you recommended it. So you uh, own 40K, right? Like you picked it up on sale and didn't play it? Yeah. No, no. I, I have it. I'm looking at the Steam page here. I have it in my library. I could Download totally... it right after the show and set it aside for when you want to even just pick it up. Whenever you, I know you're probably just going to play Rocket League, but you can literally just play the first mission like and just drop yeah, out. I, I like to commit like to a certain extent, you know. I, but I uh, want you to I want your opinion on, on like the violence in it. Like whether it's fun or not. Because it's almost it's again that fine line between like this is kinda comical, but you know this would upset people that don't like violence. It's ultra violent, yeah. It's ultra violent. Like it's I would argue it's more violent than Gears of War. Like, Gears of War is pretty bloody and pretty brutal, but it has that sense of realism where this is, like, high fantasy and you just go nuts and, like, you know, you'll cut ten orcs in half and there'll be blood everywhere and your guys are like, Arr! So, and the great thing about it is in Gears of War, all your dudes are bro dudes, right? They're like, hey, man, nice kill you got back there. Where in this one, your dudes are religious zealots, so they, they behave like priests. Like they don't, they don't cheer when they do things. They're just like, yes, that is correct. I've killed this person. So there's all this violence. And then you have this calm assuredness of all the characters in the story. Which means that Gears of War is still a better game because it has a personality. And I yeah. find Warhammer, if you're a fan of Warhammer, you would probably like Warhammer better than Gears of War. But for me, I, like, there's no humor in this game. It is depressing and violent. Um, I yeah I at the same point though like you know I wouldn't mind having just recommended Gears of War I, mean, I am on the lookout got, for stuff like it's that. It's got that awesome it's, lore. Like it's it's not a free world. It's a like an it's an empire. So like I know the emperor they they have to kill ten thousand people just to keep the emperor immortal per day. Like that's a thing in this universe, and they willingly like people willingly die. <laughs> <laughs> by the That's tens of crazy. thousands. It's funny how little I know about Warhammer, although yeah. I know it's extremely well thought of. Yeah, yeah, and I think people like it because it has that like just insane high fantasy, but also Dark Ages feel to it, where it's like it's actually a really shitty world. We have space travel, and we have all these great inventions, and the world sucks worse than the Dark Ages did. So, yeah. so the, you know, those are our wrecks. They're both uh, third-person sort of shooters of very similar ilk. We're talking Gears of War and Warhammer 40K. Fill your boots. Uh, and uh, you can fill your boots full of exclamation mark podcast at exmpodcast.com. All our episodes are there. Uh, we got uh, got some bloggage. We got some podcasting. You know, it's sort of like a bouquet of, of, of great stuff. So check that out. Follow us on Twitter at EXM Podcast, uh, Facebook.com slash EXM Podcast. If you want to throw your likes at us, we would appreciate throw it. Throw them away at us. What? I, want, I was just flourishing. Throw them. Throw them at us. Throw them. Throw, 
throw the likes. Throw them Give likes, Give us your yo. likes, your thumbs up. We need them to validate ourselves. Also, uh, exmpodcast at gmail.com. If you just want to email us directly, Give us your feedback, send topics for the discussion, uh, the dialogue tree. We're always looking for stuff, so feel free to, to send your, uh, your feedback our way. Um, now, we took a, a week off streaming this week, but we'll be back next week. Twitch.tv slash podcast. You can find all our episodes except this one there. And uh, next week we will be we will be back Monday nights. We tend to we tend to stream live. We also have a sister show. Bo mentioned it earlier. It's the Good, Bad, or Bullshit uh, show. It's we do this with uh, our friend Mike Hodgins. We review a to- topic, select it at random, and decide whether if it is good, a bad, or if it is bullshit. Um, and, uh, and then there's the two of us. You can, uh, you can follow us individually if you want to, you know, what is it? Separate the rot from the chaff or I forget <laughs> the what wheat it, from the chaff. That's it. Thank you. All right. Um, and the wheat here is, uh, Bo Schwartz and you can reach Aww, him, right, Bo? I thought it was going to be the opposite. You can reach me at Bo Schwartz for all the wheat your heart would love to enjoy. And uh, self-deprecatingly, the chaff here is Croft and Steers, and you can follow me at Croft and Steers. It's really easy. It's our names, at Bo Schwartz, at Croft and Steers. To be fair, it's quality chaff. It's quality chaff. (laughs) There's your episode title, Bo. Um, Quality chaff. (laughs) And uh, without further ado, uh, we will close the show with a tradition that has gone on for as long as there have been podcasts, or at least this show, uh, and that is the Master Game Theater Quote of the Week. It's now time for Master Game Theater. All right. So I'll set you up, Bo, because this is a fairly, fairly big one. Like, this is a paragraph worth of quote, but it's all from one character, and... Uh, uh, Bo Schwartz will be will be portraying that character, a character from uh, the world of Warcraft, in particular from the Wrath of the Lich King expansion. Uh, their name, I Terranus Menethil II. Is that correct, Bo? Yes, it's the father of Arthas Menethil. That I know, it, I know Arthas from Warcraft Three. I did play that one. Yeah, so it's his father speaking. Sweet. All right. So um, without further ado, Bo, uh, do your stuff. My son, the day you were born, the very forests of Lordaeron whispered the name Arthas. My child, I watched with pride as you grew into a weapon of righteousness. Remember, our line has always ruled with wisdom and strength. And I know you will show restraint when exercising your great power. But the truest victory, my son, is stirring the hearts of your people. I tell you this, for when my days have come to an end, you shall be king. (laughs) 